Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You are listening to episode number 80 of the Awesomers.com podcast series. All you have to do is pop on over to Awesomers.com slash 80 to find today's show notes and details. Now, just as a quick check-in, when I did my first show about 80 days ago, I said I would do 180 episodes every single day to be sure that we gave uh, the Awesomers and the entrepreneurs out in the world something to listen to every single day. Uh, we do this free of charge, as you know, and it's something that we have a high amount of passion in. Recently, in the last week or so, we've pivoted into the shorter episodes to try to make sure that we match the factory production schedule with the, consum- the consumption rate, the consumption rate, to say it more properly, of our audience. And, and our point is to try to match your needs with our output as opposed to over delivering every single day where people were getting behind in listening to current episodes. Now, I hope that this has been useful to you, and we certainly welcome your feedback. All you have to do is go to awesomers.com slash contacts to leave a bit of that feedback. Now, I want to remind you that this is part two of a three-part series with Diane Borsler today. We dive a little bit more into her background, and we talk more about some of the common mistakes and some of the common challenges faced by e-commerce entrepreneurs and really anyone who's trying to build a business. Messaging and copywriting and defining what you do and why you do it is so much easier when you have experts to help you along the way. And Diane certainly is an expert that can help each of us. Let's dive in and listen to today's episode right now. Let, let me let me uh, ask you again. So um, I, I love some of these defining moments. These are, are very important. Was there is there a big lesson that you've taken away from kind of uh, all of this stuff put together? Yeah, any anybody can do this. I mean, it's honestly just anybody can do this. You just need to reach out to the right experts. And I'm not even saying paying the right experts. The scariest thing I see Amazon or e-com sellers do is waiting and flailing for two years before they're, and they're completely broke before they're even willing to reach out and ask a question. It's like, they think they're supposed to know it all right away just because they took a training program. And that's not true. At least in my personal opinion, that's not true. So I find people who are already flailing, they come to me, they're like, this, I only have a hundred dollars left in my bank account, I have to feed my kids. I don't know what to do. You know, it's like, okay, I wish that people knew that people who become experts like I did and like other people in our, you know, e-com space, especially the ones who are mindset-based, we did that so people feel comfortable reaching out and getting help. We didn't do it just to grow a seven-figure business. And so I, I really think that that's the biggest thing that has come away from it, from this is I think people need to be more willing to reach out and actually ask for help, you know? That's I, the biggest thing. People do every day. I have tons of 
people who are, I call them friends instead of clients because they don't pay me and they get stuck, you know, and they just need somebody to talk to and they email me and I give them the answers and they implement. And, you know, as, as long as they're not, my only pet peeve is if people come to me and they say, well, this isn't working and this isn't working, this isn't working. And then they come back and they're like, it's not working. And I say, did you implement it? And they didn't. So that, yeah, the, the, <laughs> I my other big lesson has been that there are a lot of people like that about, I would say, you know, statistically 96 to 98% of people on the planet are, they want the easy fix. They don't want to put the effort in on both the mindset side and the, you know, entrepreneurial, like who cares if you fail, just put that one foot in front of the other, you know, fail forward. Right. Yeah, totally right. And your statistics must be accurate giving your uh, educational background, but yeah, I gave a range because there's multiple studies, but yeah, it's about 96 to 98% of people just don't put the effort in. Like they'll buy the program, but then they get mad because the program doesn't work but they didn't actually implement the program. So that's, um, you know. <laughs> it is really, honestly, uh, you said earlier, and I, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically anyone can do it. But mm-hmm. the, the little asterisk is anyone who actually does all the work and is willing to put in the time and energy and, and so on and mm-hmm. so forth, right? Because yeah. anyone can do it, but you're gonna, it's going to take work. This is not just some, yes. you know, you don't click some box on an internet form and money starts getting transferred to your account. It's actual work. No, it is actual work. And it's actual learning. You have to be open to learning. And the biggest thing is you have to be willing to give things up. So, for example, everybody I know who complains about this, I'm like, okay, so, like, I don't have time. I don't have time. That's the biggest one. As a mom of four with kids and tons of activities, I'm an elected official. I am the president of the PTSA, and I volunteer an additional 10 to 20 hours a week, Okay. I know what not having time means, but I couldn't do that before because instead of doing all those things, and especially instead of sitting down and watching Netflix or TV, I said, you know what, someday I will have the freedom to do that. But right now I have the freedom to create a life that's worthy of my family, right? So you have to stop and look at every single minute of your day and say, yeah, that's enjoyable, but right now I can't do that. And sometimes that means sitting, like not being able to watch movies with your kids, and it's really hard. Sometimes that means saying no to social events and it's really hard, you know, um, sometimes that means saying, you know, we can't go do these 20 other things you guys want to do. I love you so much. In our house, we have this thing called, um, we have this thing called a weekend list and a want list. So the kids know that we are extremely busy during the week and we're at their practices and we're at their games and we're at their plays. And like my daughter just had her debut performance, um, uh, singing, uh, I think it was Wolves by Selena Gomez and she, she rocked it, but I couldn't go to all of her practices. Right. So we have this weekend list and this wants list. And so when they want something, they don't ask us during the weekend unless it's something they need. They put it on their wants list. They also have their weekend list. So if they want to do something, they put it on their weekend list. That way it stops them from feeling like they're, first of all, it puts them in a flow of like, okay, so we're going to have time to discuss this. You will be heard, right? Second of all, it stops them from constantly interrupting. Like, can we go to the park? Can we go to the, you know, can we go hiking? Can we go? And it allows Philip and I, my husband, to get done what we need to do. And they're also learning to be entrepreneurs by that. by saying, okay, it's okay to have these wants but there's delayed gratification. So let's get done what we need to get done first and not watch the movies and not, you know, everything else you could possibly be doing, sitting on your, you know, going outside and doing whatever you're doing. And we'll build that into the future by organizing what we're doing now based on the goals that we want to achieve. And I know that sounds harsh to some people who just really work really hard and just want to come home and watch TV. But that's honestly, that's four to eight hours of your night that you can literally build in your business, right? Even yeah. if you have, like, I listen to podcasts while I'm making dinner. Okay, I don't have a chef, but Philip listens to podcasts while he's doing the dishes, right? So, or he listens to, you know, webinars or whatever. Like we, um, we have that built in and our kids will listen with us. And so they ask questions and now they write down the questions instead, at least the two oldest ones do. So it is really smart. You know, uh, 
too often people forget again that the inputs lead to the outputs. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you put into the machine is what you're going to get out. And uh, you know, there is no easy button. There is no um, you know uh, crazy Bitcoin going to get you rich. You know, tomorrow. So why not just saddle up to to work? Um, so uh, we're going to take another quick break. But when we come back down, I want to talk about. Maybe a time that that you were going through all this. Maybe you said to yourself, ah, "I don't know if it's worth it." Maybe you don't oh, have that time, but yeah, I uh, I can't wait to dive into that. We're gonna do it right after this break. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item by item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony, P A R S I M O N Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Hey, everybody, we're back again, and uh, Diane Borstler joins me on the Osmers podcast. And just before the break, I teased this idea of, you know, is there ever a time in your, your you know, kind of business that you, you looked at it and all this work and you said, you know, gosh, I want to just, I, I just want to put this aside and go back uh, to an office or nine to five kind of thing, because this is just too hard. Absolutely. Actually, um but there's kind of a preface to this. So when I, after I had my daughter and she was four months early, I didn't have any leave. So I had to go to back to work five days after I had her. Um, I thought that having a business, I was so excited. I was going to solve the problem with my son. It didn't. After I delivered Tucker, he was in the NICU, but I had to, I literally deliver him. He went to the NICU in the, like, like 10 rooms over. And I literally had to open up my laptop and start working. Wow. And I said, yeah. And I said, this is, really not worth it. And I was like, I, this is, I mean, I was, I was literally sobbing because I was a, a new, I was a mom again. I was again, not with my child. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. Um, that, you know, then with Liliana, it was the exact same thing. Um, my, my third child, she was born three years later. Um, we had decided we were going to expand our business and my husband was trying a different kind of business and he was going through a crunch and he and my mother-in-law caught pneumonia. And so I came home from the hospital with Liliana 24 hours after having her and had to not only get to work, but take care of two other small children and two adults. And that was another time when I said, there's too much going on. This is not worth it. Um, you know, when we wanted to, there's been times when we wanted to buy a house, we now own a house, but it took us years to get there because it's really hard to get a house as an entrepreneur and your only income is coming in from your business. It's hundred percent. It's solely based on what you do on your taxes, unless you understand stated income, you have a really good credit score, you know, you have a lot of reserves. It's really complicated. And there were several times when we were looking for a home and trying to secure a home where I said, this is not worth it. And I just kept going anyway. You know, it's okay to stop for a second and have a pity party. It really is. I mean, no one is perfect. No one's like rah, rah all the time. Maybe Tony Robbins is, I don't know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not perfect, you know? Um, but I mean, having to go back to immediately after delivering a baby, having to go back to work, you know, 40 plus hours a week, that's really challenging, not being able to buy a home securely for your children because you didn't understand that you should do your taxes one way and not the other because of addbacks. That's devastating. It took us an additional two plus years 
of having to work in our business and do our taxes differently. Not that we're doing them illegally. We just put the write-offs in one place instead of another place, right? Um, I mean, that was devastating. There were times I just wanted to give up and go back and get a job. I got offered it. And then there are other, other times where I get offered jobs that, you know, pay a lot of money that seem like it's going to be less stressful. Um, so I got offered a job as an executive over at T-Mobile in Bellevue. And I was, and it was, I was like, this looks like a really good job. I really want to do this. You know, the pay was exceptional and I wasn't making as much as I'm making now in my business. Um, this was a couple of years ago. And I just felt like I, I just, I almost said, okay, you know what? I'm turning in my business hat. I'm going to go, I'm going to go work for T-Mobile and have steady benefits and have regular hours and have paid time off. What mm. does that even mean? <laughs> like, what is paid time off? So, um, so yeah, I mean, and it, it really helped me examine the, the biggest thing was it really helped me examine how my business was running and to be able to streamline things more. So for example, now when people order something, they automatically are electronically transmitted to a questionnaire that they can fill out that I receive in order for, with other questionnaires. And, you know, I have like a system now. It allowed me to look and see that I, I was wasting time not having systems in my business. So that was a, those are big eye openers for me, but that was also, those are all the times that I just wanted to throw in the towel and say, forget this. I'm not going to, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm well, smart. I'm going to work for somebody else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> any of us that run on the treadmill long enough, you know, have to take a, a step back and go, gosh, I'm just running and running and running. And often it is the lack of systems right? That deliver that predictable result. It really is. Allow the I, leverage. Yeah. What I say about that is I, I got years and years and years into my business, realized I hadn't taken a single day off or a vacation. And I, I was working overnight so I could spend the days with my kids. It was absolutely crazy. And I just suddenly, February, a couple years ago, I just, my husband would say I lost it. Like I've gone crazy. I didn't, but he considers anything that's not planned way in advance crazy. So <laughs> I was like, that's it. It's midwinter break. It's gray and gloomy here. We're going to go pack a bag and we're going to drive down to Disneyland. We're going to Cal. We're going to San Diego and we're going to go to Disneyland. After like San Diego first, then Disneyland. And he's like, "What are you thinking?" I'm like, "I don't care. I have not had a vacation, and and I didn't have a vacation in college, and I didn't have a vacation when I was working full time. I didn't have a vacation before that. I worked, I worked since I was six. My first business, we didn't have enough food, so I saw a neighbor struggling, getting kicked off, throwing rocks out of her yard while she was mowing. My first business at the age of six was walking around picking up rocks and piling them up for a penny a piece." to make sure my siblings got fed. So that was my You're first, right. very, very first business. So I had not had a break ever. And I just finally said, that's it. We had, we have money. Like we had money then too. Got in the car, drove to San Diego, you know, then drove to Disneyland and just took 10 days off. And it was amazing. I think I worked maybe 10 hours in those 10 days. And I've been working 40 to 80 hours a week just because I'm always in a growth mindset. I always want to be working and moving forward, right? Um, so that, I mean, that was kind of the, people thought I'd lost my mind. I'm like, somebody come watch my dog. We're leaving. And this I was four hours. Like I told my husband at nine o'clock at night and we left at four o'clock the next morning to catch the red eye ferry. So with no plan on where we were going to stay and no plan on what we were doing, I was like, we have money. That means we have freedom and we can go. So that was, you know, I did finally do that. And then this last year we took three days and we went to Great Wolf Lodge. So it was really nice, but I'm not really big on vacation, but I would say people do need to have something that they're, they're doing especially when they yeah. have it, they, 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 it really is. Um, it's a good time to charge the batteries. And I, I am pro vacation in general. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I would definitely say that, you know, for the people out there that, you know, cause I have worked for the years in a row without uh, taking the breaks or the vacation, literally seven oh, days yeah. plus and okay. uh, you know, many, many hours that there's a time and a place for it all. But as, as you talked about earlier, you know, you want to make sure that the life is worth, you know, living and, and that you're not just a, uh, you know, kind of running on that treadmill forever. So I like the fact that you're able to have that little payoff and that spontaneity. And it sounds like you really enjoyed that trip down there. I'm sure that the memories made 
uh, still uh, resonate with the kids. Oh, they're well. incredible. Yeah, they really are. The kids talk about Disneyland every day. They still watch the Disneyland video on Amazon and ask us all the time because they have Prime, of course. Of and course. All, they have Echo shows and all that other fun stuff. So they watch those and they ask us, when are we going back to Disneyland? And I'm like, put it on your wants list. You know, we have to put it on our wants list. We have to plan this stuff. Mom can't just take off, even though she was a complete nut job at one point in time and did. It's not that I didn't get my work done. It's just that I didn't accept any projects for about two weeks. And that was, I mean, that was enough as an entrepreneur to give anybody a panic attack. <laughs> course, yeah. No, I can't do this. I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait four weeks. But what that did was actually start allowing me to say, you know, there's a waiting list. I'm bumping this out. I'm not going to, I can do this later and realize that I'm good enough at what I do that people are willing to wait, you know, and that really helped shift my, my mentality there too. Instead of always worried about being in famine to seeing that we really were in, in total abundance and we could, I could afford to stop and say, my kids come first. And that was a first in, you know, forever. So. No, it's nice. Uh, it, it really does help for all of us to just check that mindset from time to time. It sounds like uh, that was a nice check-in for you. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more uh, just about your business in, in general terms. Um, from, I'm, I'm taking the, the clues that you have an Amazon uh, type business. And I know that, uh, my guess is that you sell physical products on one side of your business and that you help with copywriting on the other side of your business. Is that fair to say? Kind of. So we used to do Amazon sales um, and then we kept running into conflicts where a customer with where our clients would have a similar product. And so what we decided to do for a point of ethics um, was just stick to the sales copy and business growth hacking. And so we sold out all of our products. We did really well. We sold out all of our products um, and turned some over to friends who we thought would be really interested and then moved on from that because when when you have, just to clarify, when you have somebody who comes in, let's say they have a supplement and you have a supplement and they're the same supplement, how are they going to feel if they find out you have the same supplement and they paid you to scale their business and you're their competitor? So we realized along the way that it's probably not a good idea for us to sell on Amazon or on e-com. So we, we disbanded that and started focusing on actually um, stepping in as equity growth partners in some Amazon, some Amazon businesses that were kind of really more niche. And then um, also in some finance companies. And then, of course, we have our hypnotic Amazon and e-com company, um, which is NLP Hypnocopy, which is where I got, the, I got these two weird names. Someone called me the hypnotic, the hypnotic Amazon copywriter. That was first. And then the second one was the Wolf of Amazon, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so that's, our, that's my biggest business. That's my main focus is writing hypnotic sales copy for e-commerce sellers. Um, but then also when we see something where we see that it's a great product and they, it's just someone who doesn't really understand business, We'll step in as equity growth partners a lot of times. So that's gotcha. that's more of what we do on, on that side of things. Um, the mindset piece. I've started teaching the mindset piece because people are completely lost on that. I've got an idea. Let's take a commercial break and we'll be right back after this. Empowering. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do, because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, gang, as, as you can see, Diane continues to help us understand a little bit more about her and some of the challenges that she's gone through, but also some of the, the breakouts that she's had. And as always, I love origin stories because... They help us understand that we're not alone. The challenges that we face and the, the obstacles we have to overcome, that's just part of life. And the more that we kind of share these unique and different stories from people from all over the world, I think it helps awesomers around the world in any walk of life. Again, you can be an artist, you can be a student, 
Uh, you can be uh, you know, a business owner, you can be uh, a practitioner of any kind of trade and still find value. By the way, I just slammed my hand on the desk to make a point. I hope you heard that. My point is, uh, this is part two of a three-part series with Diane Borsler. We're going to drop some more value bombs on you tomorrow, and I sure hope that you're sharing this and paying close attention. Uh, this has been podcast episode number 80 of the Awesomers podcast series. Just go to awesomers.com 80 to see all the little show notes and details about today's episode. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.